we all have gaps. None of us have arrived. None of us are have got it all figured out. So are renewing our own minds on different topics and things of interest to help us lead the parish or the community. So from that place of doing life together, from that place, that's where vision and strategy are going to flow at the highest level for your parish. People want to throw the word culture around all the time, a culture of this, culture of that, culture, culture, culture. How do we build it? It starts by the very way we live. Welcome to another episode of the Mission Guys podcast, where our goal is to help equip you as a leader for transformation in the church. If you are a bishop, priest, or layperson leading in a diocese, parish, school, family, or even a mission-driven company, this podcast is for you. And we are your hosts. I'm Nick Jorgensen. And I'm Rick Pop. And if you're new to us, we post episodes on leadership topics and host interviews with leaders just like you. We titled this episode, Don't Damn It, not only to catch your attention, but also to discuss the challenging truth that your parish or other organization cannot and will not outgrow your leadership team. But more on that after we pray. Sounds great, Rick. Let's pray we don't damn it right now, all right? (laughs) In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you for the gift of all your leaders around the world who are working hard in your vineyard to help save souls and to build for your kingdom. Jesus, we ask you in a special way right now to just come and speak to the leaders who will listen to this episode through Rick and I. Jesus, we invite you to take the mic to encourage your leaders, to guide your leaders, and to give them wisdom and wise counsel. Holy Spirit, we know that anything good that happens here will be only because of you. So come, Holy Spirit, fill our minds. Fill the minds and hearts of your leaders. Open that space for them to hear your call, to challenge them to grow, and to help them to get even better this very day. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So Rick, this topic is one that we've been kicking around for a while now. And this reality that your people cannot outgrow your leadership team is just true. There's no other way to say it. It's just true. You might have a, a soul or a particular family or someone in your care that you know might outgrow the, the leadership team in terms of their own, their own virtue, their own standard, their own way of doing things. But as an organization, as a parish, take, let's take the parish, for example, or a, or a diocese maybe, as an organization, they will not outgrow the leadership team. You won't see more conflict and trust than the leadership team. You won't see the pews in your parish um, just having sparks of discipleship and, and a whole culture building in the pews that doesn't exist in the leadership team. What exists in the leadership team is uh, most important and fundamental to what you want to see happening in the rest of your organization, your staff, your team, and then the pews. So going around the country, what we've been seeing in mission whether it's bishops, priests, parishes, schools, or other organizations, that most leadership teams do not operate in a mode of discipleship themselves. So what we see is leadership teams having great ideas, some great efforts taking place. Um, this is, to be sure, this is not universal. Okay, I'm not speaking to every team, but there's, 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 there's just a consistency to this overall. Some places are doing it amazing. But there's a consistency to leadership teams not operating in a mode of discipleship. They do not, from the way they communicate and the way they meet, 
way they pray or don't pray, the way, the way they relate to one another or don't relate to one another, they have a lot of desire to see transformation in the church, transformation in the people of God, reaching the lost, the hurting, the hungry. So they have a lot of goodwill and desire for a shift to take place in their parish, for example. And a lot of good efforts might be happening kind of individually among leaders or among people or among the pastor and whatnot, and sometimes collectively as well, to make this shift from, from where we are to where we want to be to, to see a, a culture of discipleship take place. But for whatever reason, the leadership teams themselves are often, not always, but often not living out discipleship as a community themselves. And so therefore the whole staff can't along with the leadership team. So this whole episode is trying to break open this topic to help us understand that if you're a leadership team, if you're a leader on a leadership team, this thing you lead is only going to go as far as you go. So as Nick and I were kicking around ideas on this topic, related to this topic, this image of a dam. So picture the Hoover Dam, a big, huge dam, and it's holding back the water. Now, as it holds back the water, it creates a nice lake. There are some very beautiful lakes that are right before dams. I happen to live on a river. I know there's beautiful dams on this river, and there are nice communities. And we had this image of a leadership team that may be functioning as a dam, and it's holding back what otherwise could be flowing water that would flow out throughout the community, but it's holding it back. And, it, and in holding it back, this it's in the way. All right, so this leadership team is in the way of the water flowing. Now, what it might do is still make a very nice community around that lake. You could look at the things you have. Things are in order. Some nice homes might be on that lake. There might be some really good fruit that's happening right there. But are you preventing that water from flowing, both in what you do and how you do it? That's what it's, And so what we're going to challenge you by the end here is, is don't damn it. Let's not be satisfied with holding back as a leadership team or just even not even being aware that we're not having the water flowing because our community is so nice. So whether that image helps or not, we're, we're throwing that at you. And so we'll use that. And that's, that's what we're going to challenge you not to do is damn it up. <laughs> so let's break this open even in more detail. So as a leadership team, I'm going to speak to the parish context in a very particular way. But this is true, like we said, for any leadership team of any ministry. As a leadership team, when you think about and talk about the work you want to see happen in people's lives, so you're, you look, we're looking for growth in the parish community, people having disciplined daily prayer lives. Do we have that as a leadership team? We want to see people reading things, studying things, learning things, forming their minds to see more and more biblically, to see it more and more from a Catholic perspective. Are you doing that as a leadership team? We want to see families grouping up. We want to see people getting into groups, getting in communities, forming small groups. Do we act like that as a leadership team? We want to see people breaking bread together and sharing meals and community life. Doing life together, essentially, is a great way to say that. Are we doing life together? Do we do that as a leadership team? So this whole reframing, we don't have jobs where we clock in and clock out, though we might. We have a mission. And to get out of a Christendom way of doing things and into an apostolic mode of engagement in the church, it starts with us as the leadership team or the key leaders of a parish. And so are we ourselves taking the time we need to take to really do life together? Do I know my teammates, spouses, and children? 
I know not everyone's married on the team, but do we do we know those? Do we know those people? Do we know the prayer, the challenges of each person? Are we able to pray for their challenges because we know them well enough? Are we sharing week in and week out what's happening, what the Lord is doing in our lives? So we're actually on a deep level understanding God's grace and how he moves and speaks to us, each of us individually, so that collectively we're strong. Are we grabbing great books? Are we reading things together regularly? Are we watching things together regularly so that we can be formed to understand better how to lead, how to do discipleship? We all have gaps. None of us have arrived. None of us are have got it all figured out. So are we renewing our own minds on different topics and things of interest to help us lead the parish or the community? So from that place of doing life together, from that place, that's where vision and strategy are going to flow at the highest level for your parish. People want to throw the word culture around all the time. A oh, culture of this, culture of that, culture, culture, culture. How do we build it? It starts by the very way we live. Now, there's for anyone all kind of putting the walls up in their mind and feeling challenged by this, we're going to get to that in a moment. But suspend for a second all the, all the reasons you don't do it or can't do it or shouldn't do it and to step back at that 30,000 foot view and say, what might it look like if we did things differently in ministry as a leadership team so that we break down that metaphorical dam and open up the flow of grace, vision, strategy, decision-making for the whole community? As we further describe what, what this looks like when we're saying living discipleship as a, as a leadership team, the behaviors is an example. Do you honor each other? Are, do you hold up what's good in each other on occasion? Are you are you are you honoring the differences of each other in a, in a supportive way? Do you accommodate different styles, different preferences? You might you might have people that have big families and they can't do evening dinners and and so you can't just keep adding more evening dinners, but you can have a lunch together. If you're going to do a meal, it doesn't have to be after the normal work day. If if people have to do some other things, but you're accommodating those styles. If you have certain people that like real fancy meals and others don't like real fancy meals, do you accommodate, you know, do you flex on some of these? Um, the, the way you communicate, some just want to get to the point and others want to be a little bit more uh, uh, kind of relationship building in their communication style, but just you recognize, you get to know each other, how, how you meet, how you manage your time. Um, are, are you Are you feeling a high level of stress as an individual and as a team, and we, we've we've had another, we have a podcast called Overwhelmed, and we talk about that one. I'm just ask you to dig into that one if you really feel it. But these are all examples of: Are you observing these? Is is when you say, what does it mean to be a family on mission? What does it mean to do life together? What does it mean to live discipleship? These are some more of the things that might let you know: Are you there or not? Or could you be there? And the reason we're bringing these up in this detail is that others see the leadership team; they watch a leadership team. So if you're not doing it, that, that's more than a disincentive for them not to do it. It's 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 almost like you're you're telegraphing. This is how you're supposed to behave in this organization. And the thing is, the more the team lives this out, the more the leadership team in a particular way lives this out, your your meetings are going to get better. The way you debate is going to get better because it's going to be from friendship and from a collective heart and mind on mission. People will be so attracted. Everybody wants to be a part of a group of people leading an organization that's joyful and happy and serious about mission and yet playful. They're humble and vulnerable and in touch with their humanity. 
They are uh, filled with life. They're very clear on what God's trying to do in the community. That all flows from this key group of leaders becoming much more than a staff and a team, but ultimately a family and living discipleship together. When people see it, they're going to go, how do you guys live? Why, why do you live that way? Or how can we live like that? It's so common to run into directors of discipleship and parishes and evangelization who are really struggling to get people trained up and equipped for it. And I'm, I'm, I know we're convinced one of those reasons is because they're not having opportunity anymore. Maybe they did before, but most often they're not having the opportunity to live that with the pastor and other key teammates. And so it's really hard to live and equip other people from a place that you no longer live. So it's not to say that you've never experienced community. You've never experienced discipleship. It's not saying that at all. But if those were things I did once before, but I no longer do, it's really hard to equip people to lead it themselves. And so this kind of whole flow of we're living a certain way, it's attractive to others, God's speaking into it, we have clarity, is really how that dam totally breaks open. And then you can start to have that expectation that the key people around your leadership team are also going to live this way because it's just going to flow. It's just going to move. It's how things, and we say things are caught, not taught. This is how people catch stuff. They just do life with you. And in all of this, just everybody should feel a sense of freedom that none of us have a method or a model of exactly how this is supposed to go and look. We're living in a post-Christian culture. Many of us are trained for a very, very different time in reality and way of seeing these things. We should all feel a sense of freedom to go, I'm going to actually talk to my team. I don't have to have the answer as the pastor or leader to come in and say, this is how we should do it. I should be. I should have absolute freedom to go, I don't know if I know how to do this. And probably most of us don't, but together we can find a new way. And so it, it comes to this whole place of learning to minister to each other. So in our humanity, just acknowledging we don't have all the answers, acknowledging maybe we don't do this right now and, and we feel like we should should be already. Don't worry about what's happened before. Learn how to worry about getting better. One more, one more point to make on what this flow looks like. It's not, do we pray? It's how do we pray? together? Do we pray strategically over big questions and topics? Do we do we say, I'll pray for you? Or do we actually have the ability and confidence to pray with each other right now? And not just when someone's sick, not just when someone's really having a really dark time, though that's very important. But what about in preparation for Father's homily series or the Advent retreat or the, or the Lenten mission? Or what about before a big meeting, a parish council meeting, a big decision point? Or what about when someone's just going through a hard time, some discouragement, some temptations, some battles? Do we pray with one another then and there expecting God to move in that person's life? That's the doing life together vision. That's an area, Nick, that it's been a game changer for me over the last oh five years or so, working with you, working with the Acts 29 team. When we pray, we pray for, with each other before a presentation. And we pray with each other before we kick off one of our two-day sessions. And really, it, it's just, it's, it really is a game changer. It's, it's, it's the best pregame speech you could ever get because you're speaking with the Lord, you're hearing him, you're asking for his, his obvious presence with you. So I, that, that makes it real tangible for me too. That, that is a different way of operating. And when people see us pray with each other, they want some of that. And we're not doing it just to show off for sure, but we don't hide it either. 
we do want to demonstrate that this this works, and we're praying, and here we go. Father John Ricardo, as you're one of the greatest preachers you'll ever meet, he really values this time. Hey, could you pray with me? Or will someone else will offer it? Hey, Mary or you, Nick, it's, hey, let's, let's pray with each other. So I think that that is a, as it's a how you operate, and people see that, and they're going to want some of that. How about this other one here on spreading good rumors and avoiding gossip? But that's one that's tough too. Is you know, you're not always going to get along with the people on your leadership team. You're gonna, you might have little spats, debates. You might have different styles, and or somebody might want to complain about somebody on the team. And rather than commiserating with them, with that person, and just piling on, it'd be very clearly putting an end to it, and just say, well, they're going through some tough times, or I'm confident they'll figure it out. But you're and, and you're just and you're talking about the things that are going well on that team, so that you're you're just sharing with others. And certainly, we make mistakes. So in living discipleship, especially as a leadership team, you got to recognize the importance of forgiveness, the mindset for myself and for the team, for the family, just like a family. A family, we're going to make mistakes, and we're going to apologize. We're going to ask for forgiveness, and we're going to give forgiveness over and over and over. As many times as God's going to forgive us for our mistakes, we're going to forgive others. And that's that culture of forgiveness. Now, let me follow up, Nick. On, you mentioned earlier, some some right away are saying, we don't have time for this. We're, hey, we're busy, and there, there's so much going on. And we get that. We've seen, we see it with every group. We battle it ourselves. You know, we're not immune to, to the, the challenges of all the stuff that we think we have to do and then the stuff we do have to do. And then, and we also want to be magnanimous for the Lord. We want to do as much as we can. We want to use every talent we've been given. So we get that. And yet we can say for the many leaders we work with, this works every time. What's the this? The, the, the praying together, the learning together, the ministering to each other, taking the time for adoration together, sometimes very targeted, intentional prayer, and sometimes receive God's grace. I don't know what. I just need to be open. Sometimes it's it's intentional prayer for the team, um, but sometimes it's, 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 it's just receiving the Lord and doing it together. We see it work every single time. There's not, there's not been one leadership team that said, we're, we're, we're going to scrap the prayer together. Now, admittedly, it's a struggle to find time to read a book, to go through a prayer series, uh, a series, and and then have the time to talk through it. It's still a challenge. It's not easy, but it works every time. It's still hard work. So on this prayer, I, I want to maybe challenge leaders. We, we, we even get frustrated sometimes when we hear the question of, uh, should, should we allow people to pray on the clock? And I don't know why we get frustrated. We just think it's so obvious, but we just challenge you that you should encourage it on the clock. It's part of leadership in the church to take time to go to mass together, adoration together, uh, praying into challenges together and have them see that it's on the clock. So encourage it and, and, and leverage the prayer. I mean, there's times if you're in intentional prayer, you have an intentional, we're praying about this topic. We're not sure we're going to go or we think we might have a plan that feels like it works, but let's let's ask the Lord if that's really his plan. Take the time then to say, what did the Lord say to you? 
you know, that we don't want it to be prayer then work. As our third essential principle for leadership is return the initiative to God, that He has that plan, and ours is to pray into it. Rick, that makes me think about maybe playfully Jesus and the apostles. Jesus, imagine if he was with the apostles and he said, Well, before you come, before you come along with me, just make sure you you did your prayer time on your own. Because when you show up here, it's it's go time. It's work time. It, it would just it would just be ridiculous. You can't imagine, imagine, imagine the apostles leading their people and saying the teams that they were with. We don't we don't always see them as clearly in scripture, but all the all the groups of people that were helping them drive mission, Paul's journeys. Imagine if I was like, well, when we're together, we're not going to pray a whole lot. So make sure you you pray, you know, make sure you pray, you know, before you show up. That it's just it's just crazy to disintegrate the work of mission in a parish or diocese or school or anywhere else from the direct fruit of prayer. The more time we dedicate to praying, the more easily we see what God wants us to do in the mission. And so, yes, strategic prayer is important. Get a get a yeah. get a weekly staff holy hour at a minimum. But everybody should be encouraged, if not expected, to come to Mass. You want to work in our parish? Come to daily Mass. That's when the day starts. Yes, there's extenuating circumstances. I'm not talking about those. But like that, well, yes, we'll close the office. Of course, we'll shut the phones off when we're trying to go to Mass and pray together. You know, and then on the clock, like everybody should be encouraged. Take a, take a holy half hour every day. Pray. Pray together. Pray intentionally. Pray about the work. Pray about a challenge you have going on. Because in this culture... We're very we understand that not all priests are are praying as they ought. Not all disciples are praying as they ought. It's a struggle for everybody. If you look at the lives of the saints, prayer is a struggle at times. Acknowledging that's true, the encouragement to pray, quote unquote, on the clock is almost a no-brainer. If we really believe that prayer is the answer, then please, team, pray on the clock. Well. Yeah. And you, again, we we struggle with it ourselves. We know that that you're you're always going to have this as a challenge. The tyranny of the urgent always tries mm-hmm. to overshadow the important that happens. The devil doesn't want you to find time to live discipleship, to be a role model for everybody to see. The devil wants you just to have a job. They want it to be just like a second. Oh, it's a job. I got to go to work. He doesn't want that. He wants to live discipleship to lead as disciples. And that's why this is one of our essential principles for transformation, that it's not enough to be a staff. It's not enough to simply have jobs. It's not enough to even be a great team. You're a family on mission, and you should aspire to be a family on mission because it is different. You're leading in the church. There may be two concrete examples of teams we've seen working and beginning to live this out. These are are just kind of family get-together examples. One of them... um, hosted a uh, like whole team pumpkin carving at his rectory. So he invited all the leaders and anyone who had a family and kids, like they all came over to the house and they all did this dinner and pumpkin carving at his place. They said it was a blast. It was really messy. It was really fun, but it was worth it. They got in each other's lot. They, they, were, they saw each other's kids. They did, they did a life moment together. Another, a bishop friend of ours, he's planning to host a crawfish boil for his leadership team and all their families and children. So again, they're all getting together. They're all just doing life. They're not, they're not talking shop. They're just, let me in on who you love, who's in your life. Let me in on seeing you guys. 
and us seeing each other so that it doesn't, so it does stop being a job and a task to do, but it's, oh, this is a community of believers I'm a part of. So there's just two concrete examples of two clergy working to change the way they operate. Nick, allow allow me to transition us to the mindset for for at least the first part of this and helping our listeners now do something with it. The, The kind of the, so what now what in shifting to this, so we've described elements of how this might look and it, it may resemble how you operate now to a certain degree and maybe you can just take it to the next notch or maybe it's way different than how you live how you operate now as a as a family on mission and we just we're going to just challenge you to to get on that journey and and make sure that you recognize that if you are the dam and that you're holding the whole parish diocese apostolate school back that you recognize it and say we this is this isn't even a choice this is this is what we should be doing and so that there's a mindset element first and and we love this quote by saint joan of arc uh and she says that all battles are first won or lost in the mind and we use it a lot and we live by it, we try to live by it that if you really don't believe it and if you don't have your mind made up already that says this is how we lead in the church and this is how, when we haven't had leaders in the church, it's because we don't lead that, that way. And when we're not effective as leaders in the church is because we aren't leading this way. And so it's this mindset of, I've got to, it's going to be there first in my mind that, yes, it is expected. It is a part of leadership in the church. I love that, Rick. It's it's not about getting permission from someone. Whatever negative experiences you've had as a as a priest, as a bishop, as a leader anywhere else, wherever you've been told, don't do this, or you can't do that, or HR says this, you don't need permission from someone to do this. God's called you. He's your father. He's given you the authority to decide, to pray, to rethink how do we live as leaders so as to exemplify discipleship for the church right now, exemplify mission for the church right now. So you don't need permission. You can go and do it. Amen. Amen. All right. Let, so here's the mission challenge for this one. We we ask that you consider listening to this podcast as a team. And as you're listening to this, you're prayerfully discerning, is, is this sounding like us? Where are we on this journey? In note, in journal. And then after you listen to this, you ask yourselves the question, are we a dam? Are we, or have we dammed it? Have we dammed that river that would, that would otherwise be flowing even further, reaching other people, going more? Are we holding it back the way we behave, the way we operate, by not living discipleship ourselves? And pray for the courage to commit to a new mindset. Whatever that, if that's a deepening mindset or if that's an all new mindset, pray for the courage to commit to that mindset that makes this not only possible, but expected as a part of leadership in the church. Also pray for clarity on what discipleship looks like for your team, your family on mission. So that clarity, what does it look like for us? And then make a plan. And to wait on this one, this is a now thing. Make a plan and commit to this never-ending pursuit of leading as disciples. Because it's a never-ending pursuit. We know the evil one doesn't want us living as disciples. And you as a leadership team, if you're if you're the dam, you're holding it back, you've got to be the ones that are most committed to this 
so that others can not only see it, but they're encouraged by it. Sounds great, Rick. It's a good mission challenge. And it made me think for any leader who's going to take this mission challenge, please do. Just simply propose to your team. Let's listen to this. And I just want to hear your reaction. What's what's hap- What's the Lord doing in your own heart as you listen and think about a renewed vision for our team on discipleship together? Rick, pray for us, brother. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit, we ask you to you to work in the lives of these leaders in the church. We thank you for them. We ask you to transform their leadership. We ask you in a special way to help them see with your eyes, Lord, so they can see if they're holding anybody back, holding anything back. Help them see the possibilities of living discipleship even more than they are today. Help them to commit to this never-ending journey and this new way of leading or this improved way of leading in your church, Lord. We thank you for especially our bishops, our priests, deacons, religious. We thank you for every lay person that has accepted the challenge to lead in the church. And if that leading in the church is formally with a diocese or a parish, then be with them and enable them to be strong. And if that leadership's in a secular world, secular business, and leading families, then Lord, just help them know that you've chosen them to be leaders in your church for that calling. And may this episode help them even be stronger to do your will even better. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the Father, and of the Son, Holy Spirit. Thank you for being a part of this episode and inviting us to be a part of your leadership journey. If this is helpful to you, please share it with another leader. We all need encouragement and help right now. You are in our prayers. Please keep us in yours. And in the words of our Saint, Saint Junipero Serra, always forward, never back.